It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. And here we go. What is going on, Reds fans? Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast here on this Monday, a Monday after a week that was very good for our Cincinnati Reds. We're going to get to that here in just a moment. Also want to pose a question that I yet don't have an answer to and also get to a few calls. But before we do that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and the Himalaya Podcasting app. Also check us out on social media at LockedOnReds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Head on over to LockedOnReds.com for even more content. And don't forget the Locked On Reds line. As I mentioned, we'll get to a few of those calls here later in the episode. But the telephone number is 513-549-0159. We're going to wrap up the question of whether or not you believe David Bell is given a first impression this week. And also, I'll have a new question for you on tomorrow's podcast. Also, just a real quick plug, and I'll plug it at the end of this episode as well. On tomorrow's podcast, I will have Adam Riggs, a former Major League Baseball player for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or not. I I think they cut that off. Anyway, that team called the Angels that plays in Los Angeles. And we're going to preview the two-game series that's coming up here in Anaheim on Tuesday. We'll see how the Reds are going to fare against an interesting Angels side, but obviously we'll get to more of that here in a little bit. What I want to talk about, I want to wrap up last week, because last week was awesome. Look at it as a whole, right? We ended with two losses. Sure, that kind of sucks. There was a six-game win streak that was followed by a pair of losses. That's baseball. There's 162 games of this stuff. If you're going to get bent out of shape over two losses in a row, you're going to drive yourself nuts over the course of this season. Let's focus on those six wins in a row. Now, it stretches to the week before. It happened on Sunday and then went all the way up to Saturday or, well, went through Friday and then ended Saturday with the loss. And I know there's plenty of negative that you can glean from the two losses that the Reds had. It was an explosion by their ace, a man who fancies himself a top-shelf starter. And I tweeted about that. If he fancies himself a top-shelf starter, that's the kind of game that he needs to dominate. And I don't mean he needs to shut out the Brewers, but, you know, give up a run, maybe two, and that's it. He didn't have that. He couldn't throw strikes. That was kind of a bummer. Don't let that sully the image that you had of a six-game win streak because that was awesome. That's the kind of thing that you can build on as a fan as far as your emotional involvement. If you lost interest in this team based on two losses in a row, I wonder where you were a, a month ago because 
a month ago, they didn't look to have anything going on. They were just floundering, winning one, losing one, winning two, losing three, this and that and the other. Now we have an entire week in which they went five and two. Yes, I know it's a six-game win streak, but from Monday to Sunday, they went five and two. That's phenomenal, considering they've had a couple of weeks where it's been four and three or three and four, and they don't get any progress going. Now we're in a situation where they've got five and two, and if they can simply go three and two this next coming week between their two games with Los Angeles and then their return home to play the Cubs, who they've had some recent success against, it's not without the realm of possibility to believe that they could win three games out of these five this next week, that means that they've made a lot of progress getting back to 500 as they currently set four games under 500 at this moment. But let's think about this for a minute. That six-game win streak meant that they got to two games under 500. They they pulled within two games of that vaunted 500 mark, and that is something they had not done since their eight-game losing streak in April. Progress, people. Progress. And it's incremental progress. We're talking about a baseball team last year that concluded its fourth straight season of losing 90-plus games. I know I was hot-takey at the beginning of the season and saying that they would contend for a wild-card spot, but who legitimately thought that they would improve their standing by 20 wins? That's basically what it is that they're looking at. I mean, the the second wild-card spot may be the most competitive it's been in a long time and may require less wins than it has since its uh, advent. But at the same time, that is such a huge jump. And as of right now, they're looking like a team that could at least threaten to be over 500 at the end of the season. It's not a, such a stretch to think that they can win 82 or 83 games. And we'll get into what that means for the rest of the season moving forward, especially once we get into the trade deadline. But I really feel like they did an amazing job in a week that they were not expected to do anything. And actually, if you haven't checked it out by now, definitely hit up the Reds Alert podcast. I was on to talk with Stephen Offenbaker. We looked back at the week that was. And what happened was, it was funny because his, his last episode a week ago, He's a weekly podcast guy, and his his last podcast, he mentioned he could very well see the Reds going 0-7 this past week, and they went 5-2. and just, just, just appreciate that for a minute. And the, the pitchers that they did it against in Houston, Wade Miley, up until the Astros eventually lost the game on Saturday... He had a no-hitter going through five innings against the Yankees. We're not talking about some slouch as far as an offensive team is concerned. The Yankees have a pretty darn good lineup, i.e. they sent down Clint Frazier because they just didn't have room for him, and now he's one of the hottest trade commodities in Major League Baseball. But the Reds beat him. The Reds beat Justin Verlander. There's really no explanation needed for that. They beat Garrett Cole who is a very good pitcher and still has many good years ahead of him. Then they go into Milwaukee and they continue their winning ways against a dude who used to be 
their top pitching prospect, Jimmy Nelson, a lot of injuries may have changed his outlook on his career. We may not know what he becomes until it actually happens, but it looks as if these first couple of starts for him in 2019, that was his third start, that game on Thursday against the Reds. And again, he struggled. He he couldn't hit the strike zone for the Brewers. May be interesting to see how he continues to pitch in 2019 from an NL Central rivals perspective. But then they followed it up on Friday by beating Chase Anderson, a pitcher that if you look at his statistics isn't impressive, but it, it's he's always been a pitcher that the Reds have kind of struggled with a little bit. So that was good to see. And I feel like you're losing perspective if you're worried about those two losses dampening your mood. They went five and two. I don't know what what else you more. I mean, obviously, it'd be nice if they went six and one. It'd be amazing if they went seven and zero. Oh. But this team has shown that if anything is true about it, it's fifty fifty each time you go out and play the game. It really is. And that's not a knock on them by any stretch of the imagination. Last year, it wasn't 50-50. There were some legitimate games last season, and then the last four seasons, really, that you were like, look, the Reds just aren't winning this game. It's just not happening. This year, you can see it. Some games are even 60-40. Who knows? But even when they play against good teams, it's 50-50. And that is something that is brilliant. We're going to get to a question that I have that I do not yet have an answer, and I'm almost curious to see if you guys have an answer on it. But before we do that, I just want to thank today's sponsor, Hotels.com. Stop hate liking your friend's vacation. Go over to Hotels.com and book your next trip. They've got great rates and even a reward system for your stay. That's Hotels.com. You're listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast here on a Monday. Here in the first half of the episode, I recapped last week and basically asked you, are you not entertained? I do have a different question for you. And this came whenever I was looking at some statistics on the best website in the world, baseballreference.com. It came, the question came to my mind whenever I was looking at some pitching statistics, because as we know, Currently, the Reds are sitting in a great position when it comes to pitching statistics. They're one of the top pitching staffs in all of Major League Baseball, let alone the National League. And it's been a bit of an anomaly. We hoped that they would be better compared to last year. We never, I mean, if if you thought the Reds were going to be this good at pitching after what they've done the last five years, then I might have asked if you have checked yourself into an institution as of late. But that being said, it's been amazing that they've been this good. And I was looking at some statistics, and one of the things that jumped out at me was their low number of quality starts as starting pitchers. As most of you may know, but just a refresher, a quality start is when a starting pitcher pitches at least six innings and gives up three runs or less, three earned runs or less. And the Reds have only done that 32% of the time. And actually, league average is 40% of the time. Now, that's one statistic that we look at whenever... The whole idea of, you know, wins and losses do not equate to accurately describing how good a pitcher is. And a lot of us then turn to quality starts. They say, well, how many quality starts has the guy had? 
I'm starting to think that that is not an accurate depiction of how good a pitcher is, at least in 2019. Because hear me out on this one. When it comes to quality starts, in the league, the two best teams in the Major League Baseball, the two best teams when it comes to quality starts are the Dodgers and the Astros. That's totally understandable because both teams are amazing. Here's the thing, though. The third and fourth best teams when it comes to quality start percentage is the Washington Nationals and the Miami Marlins. Now, I don't know that you would actually say that those teams are good. In fact, especially when it comes to the Marlins, you might say that they're downright awful. So do quality starts accurately? I mean, obviously, there's no one statistic. There's so many statistics. There's, it feels like there's millions of statistics when it comes to baseball. But how should we first talk about a pitcher when it comes to describing his quality? Because it seems like quality starts no longer is the thing. The average pitch count for a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball today is just 88 pitches. Now, raise your hand if you are a fan who has lamented the fact that pitchers have not been going very deep into games for the Reds this year. It's been a popular topic. I don't know if you've listened to anybody talk about this or if you've been on social media, but that has been a prominent thing amongst Reds fans, a prominent complaint about David Bell as they feel as though he goes to the bullpen too early. It's happening everywhere. And when I mean everywhere, I mean the entire Major League Baseball. Their average pitch count is just 88. In fact, the number of times a starting pitcher for any team in Major League Baseball the number of times that they've pitched more than 120 pitches in a game, nine. Continuing with this theme, the most pitches that have been thrown by a starter in a game by any pitcher happened for the Oakland A's, and that was 131 pitches by none other than Mike Fires. And all of us Reds fans know what game that was. That was when he no-hit the Reds. Back in May, May 7th to be exact, and that's been the most. Most fans who like to say the phrase, well, back in my day, can probably point to a lot of guys who threw more than 120 pitches in a game. In fact, there were a lot of pitchers who probably averaged more than 120 pitches a game. That's just not the way it's played anymore. And so, thusly, I think. The quality start is going by the wayside just like determining a pitcher's value based on wins and losses. I just think that. So that brings the question to me, and I want you to answer this. This may or may not be our weekly question. I may actually have an actual weekly question, but this is something that I would love to hear from you on on the Locked On Reds line at 513-549-0159. How do we determine the quality of a pitcher in 2019? I want to hear from you as to how we do that. That may be something I explore in later episodes. But real quick, before we end today's podcast, I want to get to a couple of calls. Hey, what's up? This is Ryan. I'm a Reds fan from down in southeast Kentucky, which is part of Red Leg Nation, of course. 
And uh, my first impression of David Bell is that he's doing a phenomenal job. I think he's the best Reds manager since I've been a fan. That's about 11, 12 years now. Uh, I just like his swag. You know, he comes out in the hoodie early season. Now he's got this this short sleeve zip up thing. I think he does a good job trying to win every game, which is what you should do as a big league manager. So my first impression is that he's doing a, a slam dunk job. Thanks for the call, Ryan. Always love hearing from Appalachia, who is definitely part of Red Leg Nation. You are absolutely right. And I love your take. David Bell, some people have actually used that as a criticism, that he manages every game like it's Game 7 of the World Series. And yes, I know, over 162 games, that's probably not the best way to go about it. But at the same time, it's refreshing to see a manager who makes decisions based on the decision based on the way that the game is going and how he can get his team to win rather than the predetermined roles quote unquote of a player before the first pitch even happens and i'm with you too he's got a lot of swag i want to get me one of those hoodies because those things look awesome hi jeff it's jimmy feltner i called to answer your question of the week um i think david bell is doing an awesome job um as far as managing the team also you know he's not afraid to stick up for his players which i really like uh he's not afraid to get tossed from a game what fans have to understand you know as far as him pulling players early and you know he's not gonna make all the players happy i mean it's just the way it is the way uh managing is but all in all you know he's doing a great job uh his analytics uh is awesome uh along with a new coaching staff he's just doing a wonderful job uh i think the thing i don't like is the way he changes the lineup in some cases uh you know senzel's been doing really good in the leadoff spot also jesse winker does good in the leadoff spot so maybe that's something he could look at later on down the road uh but yeah i really like david bell like the job he's doing uh, thanks for having me on the show. Go Reds. Thanks for the call, Jimmy. And you are now officially our first recurring caller, so congrats on that one, dude. But thanks again for the call. I appreciate your perspective. It It's one of the things that came up kind of in the early season whenever the Reds first sent down Scott Shebler, speaking of changing up the lineups. And that was Shebler kind of hinted to the fluidity and not liking it very much not a lot of major league players are used to having a routine used to knowing where they stand before they come into the clubhouse and that really shook him up and I think that's for the better I really do it's one thing that's going to be interesting to see over the course of an entire season as to how it affected the team but I think up to this point it's been mostly good I, I haven't seen a ton of lineup construction problems because I'll be I'll be first to say, anytime I see a lineup come out and maybe I've got a weird thought as to why, you know, what's going on here? That's the game that the Reds end up scoring like seven runs. So I don't know anything when it comes to that sort of stuff. I'm not the one who makes the lineup. David Bell is, and that's why he gets paid a lot more than what I do. But overall, uh, great take. I'm with you there. I think he's a smart dude. And as far as the future with him, it's looking... Very bright 
Indeed. That's going to be it for us today on the Monday edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed on all the major podcasting platforms. Hit us up on Twitter and call in on the Lockdown Reds line, 513-549-0159. I want to hear from you as to how you think we should determine the quality of pitchers in 2019. Make sure to tune in tomorrow as I have Adam Riggs on from the Believe in Angels podcast. We'll talk about the Reds and Angels series coming up. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Lockdown Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.